0: A Karen in the emergency room thinks that her life and her kid's life is worth more than my daughter's life who's only three years old and has pneumonia, whereas her kid is just in the emergency room because she's constipated. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell to turn on notifications. This is my encounter with entitled parents in the pediatric emergency room. This happened yesterday. My three-year-old daughter was diagnosed with bacterial pneumonia and we ended up in the emergency room because she was struggling to breathe pneumonia is very serious. She was put on a nebulizer and oxygen and given an IV for more meds while we waited for a room to open up in the PICU. The emergency room was pretty full. The rooms are small and you share them. There is a curtain that divides them. There are no doors, just another curtain. Around 4 p.m. a family arrives with mom, dad, and a five-year-old daughter. The mom briefly looks in on my side of the room and could see my toddler laying on the bed hooked to machines with an IV. It's obvious that this isn't a stub toe. So I can't help, But hear the parents explaining why their kid is in the emergency room. Stomach pain. Meanwhile the kid is asking for something to eat. She sounds quite perky. The parents insisted that she has a kidney infection. Whatever, I don't know her history and I'm not interested. So my daughter was given a steroid through her nebulizer to help her open her airways. Her oxygen, which they wanted 90 or above, kept dipping down into the low 80s making an alarm sound. The nebulizer makes some noise and the side effect is hyperactivity so my extremely sick kid was medically wired as heck. Within 30 minutes of arriving, the entitled parents call for a nurse and ask for a private room because their daughter needs to rest somewhere quiet. Meanwhile, their daughter was blasting Ryan's toy reviews from her tablet and loudly demanding chocolate chip cookies and milk. The nurse explains that there are no private rooms in the emergency room. My daughter then starts having a coughing fit, which is scary as her oxygen drops off and she chokes until she vomits. I had two nurses in trying to help by suctioning her and patting her back. I'm trying to help her. My daughter is turning blue and I hear the entitled mother asked the nurse, Um, how long are they gonna expect us to listen to that noise? Afterwards, my daughter was wiped out and crying a little, and the entitled mom rang for her nurse again and asked again for someplace quiet so her little girl can rest. Her daughter was making a lot of noise playing with something. Then they started playing with the lights. The room has a switch to control the lights on each side and then a master switch to cut all the lights. My daughter is afraid of the dark. The entitled dad cuts the lights for the room, making it quite dark with a current over the doorway drawn. I tell my husband to turn the lights on on our side which he does. The entitled mom calls her nurse to complain that it's too bright for her little girl to sleep. It's 5pm. The nurse explained that they are welcome to shut the lights off on their side but they have to leave our side alone. They complain a bit about how ill their daughter is. Meanwhile my daughter is drowning in her own lungs which I'm sure they know as you can hear everything. Then the nurse leaves and they shut the lights off for the entire room again. My husband immediately turns ours on and calls through the curtain that we need our lights on. Silence. Our nurse comes in to attend my daughter's IV and they attempt to get her to force us to have the lights off. Our nurse basically tells them to knock it off. Then they start pushing for more space. They attempt to push our chair away where my husband is sitting. They put their chair way over on our side of the room, pushing the curtain into our faces essentially. My husband pushes it back. They call and complain, rinse and repeat. Finally, a room in the PICU opens up and we are told that we would be admitted in an hour. The entitled parents complain that they asked for a private room first. The nurse explains that we are being admitted, not given a private room. The entitled parents demand that they be admitted first because their daughter is so much sicker. The nurse says there is no reason for their daughter to be admitted as she is just constipated and as soon as she poops, they will be free to go. The parents start freaking out. So that's my story of how the parents of a little girl who needed to take a poop felt that they were more important than my little girl with pneumonia. Many of you say that you would have caused some sort of scene or you would have acted aggressively or called them on their behavior. I worked in an emergency room for four years. Unruly parents were often removed from the emergency room without their child. I kept my head down and took it because the care my child was receiving to keep her heart beating was more important. Imagine that. My daughter was never in danger. Her nurses were attentive, helpful, friendly, and responsive. I would have taken whiplashes from Satan himself if it meant my daughter was getting care. The petty complaints and power play coming from the other side of the curtain didn't affect my child at all the nurses had their number they were handling it so with that said what should I have done so the other girl was just constipated it probably would have simplified this whole situation if they would have told her that earlier but maybe they didn't want to tell the entitled parents that just in case there was some other issue they were just waiting until she actually pooped to see if anything changed but either way I think letting them know probably would have made this whole situation a lot more civil because then they would realize that nothing serious is happening to their little girl but this other one that they share the same room with has pneumonia, which you can die from. Before we jump into the next one, if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. Am I the Jerk for not sharing my prize with a mentally handicapped person in a contest? Every summer, my community has a cook-off competition. Usually about 20 to 30 individuals or couples try to cook X, Y, and Z, and they can win a portion of the entry ticket fees while the rest go into the community parks. It's not summer yet, but they decided to do it early. This year, it was a pasta sauce. I've been going to these for years, ever since my wife and I moved here, but this is the first time I entered as a competitor. It was earlier today. One of the other competitors, I know her somewhat only in passing, is a 15 or 16 year old with Asperger syndrome and autism. I don't know much about this condition evidently. I'll call her Jessica. I guess a lot of people got wind of her being a part of the competition, so we had a news crew here taping her to put her on the news. We've never had this before as far as I know. To make the story short, I won the competition and $1,500. There is no second or third place prize. It's winner takes all. My wife and I were in shock because I like to think of myself as a decent home cook and take pride in my pasta sauce specifically, but to win a contest? We were tickled pink. We celebrated for about 20 minutes when the event organizers came to us. You might be able to guess where this is going, but they asked if we'd give our prize to Jessica as a gesture of goodwill. They said they'd get some publicity since news reporters are here. We obviously said no. $1,500 is a lot of money. So then they asked if we'd like to split it 50-50 with Jessica. Likewise, we said no. I guess some nearby patrons overheard the conversation and chimed in. Apparently, we are jerks for not sharing the prize. After a few moments, there might have been 10 other people all clamoring to us about how we're a disgrace to the community, etc, etc. We had to leave and haven't collected our winnings yet. We're meant to tomorrow from the mayor office. I can't even imagine what's going to happen tomorrow. Are we the jerks for not splitting our winnings with a disabled child for a cooking competition? Before you decide, there's an update in the future. My wife went yesterday to collect our winnings and they shorted her $500. My wife is of the timid type and didn't want a conflict so she took the reduced winnings and had a few choice words but otherwise didn't contest it. They gave the rest to Jessica. They made up a fake story to her that they made a second place prize on the spot and Jessica won it thanks to the generosity of my wife and I. This was all bogus. We made a post on our community Facebook page saying we had a great time at the competition but didn't appreciate the comments we received or how we were treated. I guess Jessica's family got wind of this and contacted my wife to meet up earlier today. Jessica's family gave us the money back and while they were excited at first couldn't take it under false pretenses, they found it condescending to give Jessica a prize just for having ASD. It was a joint decision between Jessica and her parents. We talked a bit and learned that Jessica only joined because she's writing a cookbook for an Asperger's Syndrome organization. She's apparently an avid cook and has trouble keeping everything consistent every time, so it's half for her and half for this organization. Part of why she went to the competition is to raise awareness of the cookbook itself as well as ASD slash ASS, and hopefully win, of course. We didn't know any of this at all, and I guess this is why the organizers wanted good PR. My wife asked her if there was anything she could do, and she can. She's going out to help where she can or if Jessica needs assistance like editing, photography, etc. I guess everything turned out okay for everyone in the end except for my contempt towards the competition organizers. And one last final update. Yes, I know mentally handicapped isn't the right verbiage. I've learned a lot about ASD in the last few days. I only kept it to be congruent with the previous post. Autism and Asperger's in particular may not always or ever be a mental handicap. I should have said disabled instead judging by a few comments. So going back to the original decision, Am I the jerk for not sharing my prize with a mentally disabled person in a contest? If it was so important to have Jessica win this competition in order to get favorable news coverage for their events, why wouldn't they just take that expense themselves, rather than trying to force it out of the hands of the people that legitimately did win the competition? If what you're trying to do is get good PR, that's playing with fire. That's the fastest way to get bad PR. Not just neutral, but horrible PR. Especially once word starts spreading that they're trying to manipulate the outcome of this entire event to get the kind of press they want, even if it's condescending to the person that they're giving the prize to. If the whole thing is not for profit all in the first place and they don't have a budget to pay this extra prize out for this newly invented second place, then why are they so concerned about doing this at all to begin with? I don't know, let me know how you guys see the situation down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 My wife went out last night and didn't come home until this morning. This is horrible. I'm furious right now, but I'm also depressed as heck. I know what I have to do. It's just killing me that I have to do it. It's fresh and it hurts a lot. My wife didn't come home last night. She went out with a couple of girlfriends, which is pretty normal for her. She's normally back around 2 a.m. on these nights, so I waited up. Around 2.30 a.m., I called her to check in. She answered and I could hear people in the background. She told me they went to a party, but were leaving in a couple of minutes. She wasn't home by 3 a.m. So I texted. It delivered, but no reply. Around 4 a.m., I called again. It rang a couple of times before she sent me to voicemail. My wife came stumbling through the door at 6 47 a.m. this morning. I know the exact time because I was worried. She was wearing a dress that she didn't leave the house in, with mesh leggings I've never seen either. The leggings had clearly been torn and her makeup was smudged. My heart sank when I saw her. My immediate worry was that she had been assaulted. She only shook her head no when I asked her that. I asked her what she had been doing then. She only said that I knew what she had been doing and that kind of confirmed what the voice in the back of my head had been screaming since she walked in. My wife cheated on me last night. I asked her who it was. She shrugged almost casually and said it was someone they met at the club. She went back to his house and hooked up with him then ubered home. She then said she didn't want to fight and just wanted to sleep so that's what she did. She's still asleep now and didn't even take a shower before passing out. Suffice it to say, our relationship is over. We don't have any kids and we rent, so it shouldn't be an extremely complicated process. I keep trying to reason myself out of it, pretending there might be something to salvage here. I've always maintained that cheating would be a red line for me though. I think I need to stick up to that now. Jumping into the future, there is an update. Alright, things have happened. I am no longer home. I left. I wasn't able to get the day off of work though, so I'm writing this on my lunch now. It's been a struggle keeping myself together today, honestly. I've had to sneak off to the bathroom twice to cry. It's been rough. I'll post something more detailed later on because holy cow, there is a lot. I am exhausted. I've only slept for about four hours total since this all happened. Does anyone know if I should post the actual update in a new thread or just update the one I already made? It's gonna be a lot of text, probably longer than the first one by a bit. Also, to the woman who felt compelled to send me a topless picture, thanks, but also no thanks. My heart just isn't in that sort of thing right now. Jumping into the future, there is a final update. Me again, folks. Sorry I didn't get around to this sooner. I wasn't able to get the day off of work yesterday because my boss kind of sucks. I was a complete mess at work yesterday, though, so I was allowed to take the rest of the week off as vacation, thankfully. I think I went through all the stages of grief while my soon-to-be ex was sleeping. I wasn't expecting my post to get any attention at all. I figured I just needed to try to talk to somebody about it because I was not in a good headspace. I made the post in the morning, and by noon, she was still conked out in the bedroom. I had processed things a bit more. I had a rough plan in my head that I was starting to set into motion. I made a short list of questions that I wanted answers to. I gathered up all of my important documents, laptop, etc. Then I went to the bedroom and started packing myself a suitcase. I know a lot of folks wanted me to kick her out, and I did consider it, but honestly, I'm not overly attached to this place. We just rent, and I'm in a lucky enough situation to be able to say that paying half of the rent for a few months isn't going to financially end me. It'll sting a little bit, I won't lie, but I'll make it. And I feel like being around this place is only going to remind me of her anyway. I need to be looking forward, not back. She ended up waking up about halfway through me packing my suitcase. There was momentary confusion as she looked around the room. Then she just started bawling. Maybe this is awful of me, but I didn't bother comforting her. I told her I had the screenshots of her Uber and text messages from her phone, and that plus her confirmation was enough that things between us were completely done. She didn't answer me and just cried louder. I debated trying to continue the conversation, but I decided to just pack the rest of my suitcase and head back out to the living room until she came out. When she finally left the bedroom, she sat next to me on the couch and asked me if we could talk things through. I told her as calmly as possible that wasn't how things were going to work. I was going to ask questions and I wanted honest answers. She told me she'd be honest, so I proceeded. My voice was shaking the entire time. It was taking me everything to hold it together, but I kept going. The first question, was this the first time she cheated? She started crying before she answered that, then told me no. She had cheated on me multiple times over the course of our relationship. It was, and I'm going to use her words exactly here, quotes, just doing the deed, a way for me to let off steam. None of it meant anything. I wrote a comment shortly after making my post that all the love couldn't just fade away in one swoop. Well, it can. It hit me right then that I wasn't dealing with my wife. The person I was married to literally wasn't in the room. This was someone different. She refused to tell me exactly how many times she had cheated, just more than last night. Next question. Had she used protection? No hesitation from her before she nodded her head emphatically. She seemed surprised that I'd even ask that. I'm still going to get tested just to be safe. I did some research into timing and I'm going to look after it. Next question. Were her friends also cheating on their spouses? Yes and no. I tried to get her to tell me which of her friends were cheating so I could get in contact with their spouses. She probably should have because her refusal led to me messaging pretty much the romantic partner of every one of her girlfriends I could find on social media. There are a couple I don't know or couldn't find, but I did my part. Next question. This was the answer that gutted me the most. I'm going to use her exact words again. Quote, I need to have variety. I told her that it's not like our bedroom life is dull. She clarified, It's not the same as something new. I didn't even have a response to that one. I had expected something about me working too much or not supporting her emotionally. Nope. She just did other guys because she felt like it and wanted to have some fun. When I didn't respond, she started asking me about counseling and therapy. I reiterated that our relationship was over. I'd be leaving. What she did next disgusted me. My ex tried to do the deed with me. She put her hands on me and started trying to take off my clothes. I I felt like I wanted to vomit and pushed her away after a couple of seconds. She just kept telling me that she would figure out a way to fix it, that we would work through it together. I told her that there was no way, and she started bawling again. She went into the bathroom and locked herself inside. I was just sick of everything at that point. I called her mother and told her what was going on. The full story too. The cheating, the questions I had asked, and the fact that I was leaving. I've always had a good relationship with my ex's parents. They both decided to drive to town, which is about an hour away. For them. Once I knew someone was on the way, I just grabbed my things and left. Her waterworks in the bathroom were just annoying me because it felt hollow to me, especially given the answers to my questions. I ended up packing another bag before I left and took all the things that I could think that I might have some sentimental attachment to with me. I found a parking lot and sat in my car until I was able to get in contact with a buddy for a place to crash. I tried to take a nap, but I was running on way too much adrenaline. I knew when her parents had made it to the apartment because she started calling me. When I didn't answer though she started texting me. She had gone from sad and crying to furious. Apparently I am an effing piece of garbage for telling her mom everything. Whoops. I'm not sorry. I have received roughly a hundred texts from her since leaving. They range from name calling all the way to begging me to come back to sending me pictures of the food that she ate for some reason. I haven't responded to any of them. I feel like I said my piece before leaving so that's where I'm at now. We didn't have joint finances finances, so that part was easy. I canceled all the subscriptions to go to my credit card just to be sure and changed all my important passwords. I'm crashing on a friend's couch for the next bit, but I've got some feelers out there for short-term rental places until I can find something more permanent. I've also got feelers out for a divorce attorney too. A co-worker of mine had a recommendation, so barring something better, I'll probably go with them. I also wanted to say that I was shocked how supportive everyone was and thank you for that. Truly from the bottom of my heart, it isn't easy for me to talk about emotional things with people close to me. Me. This was such an invaluable venting place for me. Thank you all so much. And in conclusion, this wasn't the first time she had cheated on me. I packed up my things and left. I think I'm back on track to being in a better place, and I'm working on initiating the divorce proceedings now. Where should I go from here? The wife in this situation just seems so heartless. Even in the end, after it's all said and done, she cares more about her own reputation than about the hurt that she caused the OP here. And it's absolutely crazy that he's going to continue to pay half of the rent for a place that he's. Not not even living at when he did nothing wrong. He was open and supportive to her going out and partying until 2am on a regular basis and then she took that trust that he put in there and totally took advantage of it more than once. She won't even admit to how many times she cheated on him before this. Hopefully he does get tested and hopefully he doesn't have anything because that sounds like a very dangerous situation to be in. And the part that I think a lot of people might look over but actually shows a pretty meaningful insight into the relationship these two had was the section where he said, maybe this is awful of me but I didn't bother comforting her. So in the moment, after she comes home at almost 7 a.m., after doing the deed with a random guy that she just met, and she won't even give him the dignity to give him any further answers because she, quote, needed to sleep, he still feels bad about himself because he wasn't comforting her? To me, that explains all you need to know about the dynamic between the two of them. It sounds like, because this woman has been coddled for far too long, she's developed some sort of egocentric personality where she can only see reality from her own perspective her own needs her own wants her own desires and can't understand that for example where he was telling her the relationship is over that it actually was over because that doesn't compute with her own perspective on everything so hopefully none of you guys ever have to live through something like this but if any of you have feel free to submit your stories down below in the description let me know what you would do if you were in this situation down below When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot, also linked in the description. Either way, thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you guys next time.